Okay. Uh, I, I actually, I, I want to start this episode with a discovery that I made um, mm-hmm. recently, and I think you'll appreciate it. This is new. This is your blind side. I know. Exactly. I didn't want to tell you this on purpose. So in this little handy dandy soundboard that I, uh, that I have, I discovered uh, there are certain buttons on here that you can program. Oh, um, did you add some <laughs> Oh, no. I haven't programmed anything yet. Let's just say these are preloaded. Oh, no. And welcome to the Cellar Dwellers. Oh, there's more. Don't worry. You want to hear another one? And welcome back to the Cellar Dwellers. See, it sounds pretty cool, right? And also pretty funny. I'll let it go. I'll keep going. Are you going to introduce yourself? Sure. (laughs) My name is Colby. And I'm speechless. That's phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) You got to hold it down, idiot. And then you just. Oh my god, this is this is dangerous. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have told you. Holy shit! Well, now I know it's there. So if I need some good comedic, we're good. Hello, we're the cellar dwellers. We're the cellar dwellers. If you need good comedic timing, you're born with it. First of all, truth. (laughs) You don't gotta hold that one. Yeah, no, this is dangerous. Uh, this is dangerous. Uh, as we mentioned in our last episode, hi, Colby. Nice to see you again. Hello. As we mentioned in our last episode this week, we are discussing Man Bites Dog, a 1992 French film that is number, spine number 165 in the Criterion Collection. Uh, what he just said is, uh, this is number 165 in the Criterion Collection, just in case you didn't quite catch that I, which i understand uh, completely understandable uh something i learned about this film upon watching it with you and looking into it uh this is rated nc-17 everybody this is a this is a nasty boy yeah this is a real nasty boy this would absolutely be considered a video nasty i believe yeah they oh per censor britain would have hated this movie in the 70s yeah like holy shit this is uh i had seen this film colby had not Let's just, yeah, dive in a little bit for background. I had seen this, Colby had not. This was one of the first uh, Criterions that I got my hands on when I started buying Criterion. It was probably the second year into buying them. Uh, I recall it being a gift from my mother. Gift from my mother. Oh, you guys should have watched it together. <sighs> yeah, she she would love this movie. This, yeah, I agree. Like, oh, why isn't she a guest? I know. Uh, eventually. I tried Call to your get mom her, right now. I tried to get her on Passion of the Christ, uh, but she uh, she was busy. We'll get her for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's supposed to be one. Exactly. So, uh, do you think it'll be as violent? The resurrection? I think it'll be more violent. It'll be. Uh, listen, listen, we were talking about this before we actually started recording, but the end times are going to be very violent. You're giving me insight now. Yes. Now you're giving me little snippets. Yes. What we need to do, Colby, is just go on like a nice vacation. You just you and me to a cabin with a little of the a little of the hashish and maybe hang out for a little bit, and then you just tell me all these crazy, not crazy, but maybe a little bit stories. Uh, yeah, no, crazy is a good word. Crazy is a good there's, word. There's a, a lot of stuff that is rattling around up in my brain. I'm genuinely curious. You should write it all down and write write a write a tell all. Yeah. 
but for yourself and then let me read a little bit of it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that sounds good. Maybe we'll maybe I'll do a, another podcast series. Or you could hire a documentary crew to follow you around and you could just speak it all out. That would actually be pretty cool. I don't have the charisma that uh, our main character in Man Bites Dog has. Ben, it's not Chris Benoit. What's his name? Chris Benoit. It's Chris Benoit. Yeah, right? this movie is actually starring the famed wrestler and family murderer, Chris Benoit, Christian's favorite wrestler. I hope you guys just wanted to know that. That's a fun fact about Christian. That is not true, but it is a terrible, long-running uh, joke. What? What's what's wrong with... Chris Benoit. Yeah, what, tell me. What's wrong with Chris? You already said he's a family annihilator. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty, yeah. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. He's he, a murder he, suicider. He did not have a, a, a great a great ending. He got too many bonks on the noggin and uh, lost his lost his marbles. All that to say, Chris Benoit is not actually in this movie. I, I had you guys going there for a second. Yeah, though. Though, got hold on, you. Hold on. Boom, baby. You idiots. <laughs> you <laughs> you guys, fucking you swine. Fools. <laughs> you absolute dolts. Uh, no. Instead of Chris Benoit, we have a, a, this is a French film, so lots of uh, incredible French names. Benoit yes. Paul Verde. Uh, is is kind of the main character. He just go by, goes by Ben. What I uh, what we didn't know about this movie kind of I feel like you put it. an inflection like I would on that, and I'm really I feel flattered. Maybe okay. Maybe I'm learning from you. I learned it from watching you. What is really interesting about this movie is that very similar to uh, a Blair Witch Project, which came out you know eight years, seven years after this movie. Yeah. The actors in this movie play themselves essentially. Yeah, and also the like the main stars, like the three or four main stars, are all credited as the writers and directors of this. Yeah, I like I like that the equal opportunity. Yeah, everybody that's in this movie helped create this movie. Well, what's the what's the lead dude's name? The serial killer. Okay, so what the whole crux of this movie is? Uh, documentary crew is following a serial killer to just kind of document what's going on. Yep. Uh, and the serial killer is played by, because this is where the Benoit joke was coming from. Uh, Benoit Polverde. There Pol- you go. That's a weird one. And that's his real name. Yeah. Uh, he goes by Ben in the movie. He goes by Ben. Yeah. So he's our subject. He's the serial killer. And we've got uh, kind of the director, the lead of the crew is Remy. Uh, and then we've got sound guy, camera guy. Andre, uh, yeah. some other guy. Remy is kind of the main of yeah. the three-person crew. He's the one that Ben talks to the most and like he gets the most screen on. time, exactly of yeah. of the crew. And uh, this, before we jump into kind of what happens in this movie, this movie is awesome. Yeah, I just have to throw that out there. Uh, I, Rewatching I've, it felt like watching it for the first time since it'd been so long since I'd seen it, and damn, it's it's fucking good. I've wanted to watch it for a long, long time. It's been on my lo- on my list for for years. Um, I love French films, <laughs> and I love you know serial killer films, and so it is. And I love black and white art films, and so it's a, a true combination of all of the things that I like in one. And uh, when I was growing up in in high school, I took French every single year. And I was all about it. It was like one of my favorite things. So I got, of course, I got into French movies because of that. Oh yeah, yeah. And so this feels like a culmination of my of my years of <laughs> enjoying French films and coming to something like this, where it mis- mixes so perfectly with what I like and what mm. is good for this podcast. Hell yeah! <laughs> because it has a lot of both. In high school, the French films that uh, seemed to enrapture everybody in my orbit were Amelie and The Science of Sleep. Yeah, Amelie is great. Yeah, I still love that movie. Uh, I've never seen it all the way through. I know it's Whoa. crazy. Yeah, right? 
I've seen I it. Mean, I've I think seen you parts. Would, I think you would love it. I think I may have seen an, I've seen the some of its parts, just not in order. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I know I would love it. It's one of Hannah's favorite movies. It's very different from Man Bites Dog. And the folks who made it made uh, Delicatessen, which would be potential for this because it's about a butcher who serves people. That's true. I hadn't actually seen that one Me either. Yeah. Uh, they also made this uh, City of Lost Children, which is apparently super weird. That's a cool and weird movie. Yeah. I have not seen it, but Ron Perlman's in it, and I like that guy. There's a, French cinema is a really interesting Fast. region because you get a lot of weirdness from it. Their horror films clearly have really had like a lot of bite to them mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, because this is, I mean, obviously well before the... Early 90s. French uh, new wave of extremity or whatever you want to call it, uh, of like high tension, martyrs, all of that. This is absolutely on par with those things. It's not as um, relentless. It has I a smaller say. budget. It has a significantly smaller budget. Uh, looking into the trivia of the movie, this took uh, about a year, maybe a little longer, I think it said, to finish because of budgetary restrictions. It was all hands on deck. A lot of the people that showed up in it are friends or family of the writer, directors, and stars. Yeah, it, 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 it was really hobbled together in a passion project, a pretty fucking dark passion project, but yeah. a really effective... In my opinion, if you're familiar with Funny Games, which we'll end up talking about it, we've mentioned it a few times so far because we both love it. It's great. Funny Games is phenomenal. That would actually be a very interesting um, uh, double feature, uh, not necessarily back to back, doing the remake in the uh, original. Because I think us, we wouldn't enjoy doing those immediately after each other. But it'd be interesting to do two episodes, one on each. Yep. Uh, mean, just to see how it feels. There's so much to those movies. Yeah. And, and there's a lot with this as well. Like, there's a lot of, to compare with them. Exactly. And what I was saying with that is uh, Henneke's point with Funny Games is very clearly, as a viewer, you are a participant in what these uh, vile, violent characters are carrying out on screen. It is your choice to continue watching or uh, move on from the horrors. And with this movie, it not only it, it winks at the winks at the audience in that regard, but it straight up pulls the documentarians like it's an extra level of that. It makes us participants in exactly what's happening. It's, it's while the people that are giving us the material are also becoming participants. The the meta ness of this movie is really cool and really unique and, and not something that I've really ever seen before. And this predates Funny Games. Exactly. And even with the kind of found footage style, it predates Blair Witch. It predates yeah. so many movies that I can I feel like I can see saw this movie and were like, okay, we want to be like this. We want to be like Man Bites Dog. I also want to note that this is another one that's listed as a comedy. It and it sense. is pretty funny. It's very, very funny. Yeah. And a lot of the comedy really comes from Ben. The, the performance, the, the dialogue. Killer. Yeah. He is so charismatic, so likable on screen, and is continues to be likable and and scary yeah. when he's doing a lot of scary things to people. And he, he's menacing as all fuck because he's so charismatic. He carries this movie so well yeah. and it 
bones me out that I haven't seen him in other things. No, and I've I looked him up and he's been in a ton of shit, but it's just like all French shit. I got so. I got to find him. But this was their like pretty much everybody's involves first yeah. project. Like this was their launching pad. What a yeah, what a first film. It's for crazy. A lot of them. Yeah, for them to write, direct, star and yeah, he um And and you can tell like they, you said they shot this over the course of a year pretty yeah. much uh, off and on and you can tell they had a ton of footage because there's so much uh depth to the amount of clips that we see and the totally. amount of like action that was filmed, even if we see a, a two second shot of something, uh, you can tell they put the work into it. And that's really cool. Like you see that, that kind of dedication, uh, on display. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I'm looking through his, uh, filmography right now and I'm not seeing anything that really, um, stands out as familiar to me, but yeah, he's been in like 72 fucking projects, Jeez. including man bites dog. But He's gotten steady work, and I'm sure a lot of it's pretty solid. I mean, he is so His performance good. is so good in this. And I don't want to... I, I do want to say up front, like, this is not... Um, this comes highly recommended with an asterisk because this is a... This is a... This is a mean movie. There's... Yeah. There is brutality in this movie. There is... Um, trigger warnings right up at the top for uh, child murder. Yep. Uh, for a very graphic, prolonged um, uh, gang rape scene. Um, uh, a lot of gore in terms of people getting shot and blood spraying, a gutting. A surprising amount of gore for the like budget. clear low yeah. budget that they had. Like it did, and it looks su- su- convincing. It really shocked us. It, it is all in black and white. Yeah. We should say that this is all black and white. Not that that. I mean, it does. It lessens it. It's why Tarantino went to black and white in Kill Bill was yeah. to avoid an NC seventeen rating because he kept getting it and he didn't want to cut down on the blood. So yeah. he just made it black and white. And because it's not red, it's not as quote uh, visceral to you. The black and white of this movie is really it looks so good. It looks awesome. Yeah. It does so well, and and the cinematography throughout is phenomenal. Is great, and it it, it evokes so many other films. Yeah, we got uh, Bad Boy Bubby vibes a couple, or I did a couple times in a warehouse scene. Mm-hmm. There's like a really uh, tense shootout. Okay, so something we're kind of jumping all around because the plot of this isn't super linear, um, and it's really just about a documentary film crew that follows a serial killer, and they slowly just get sucked into being super complicit and then accomplices. Yeah, that's that's really it, and, and within that, we get all of these different glimpses into his life, exactly. into the ways that he kills people. He loves talking. Yep. He gives so many monologues throughout. Um, and really most of the movie is him talking to the camera. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's under the guise of he's talking to the character who's right. holding the camera, but yeah. And he, you know that he's like performing for the camera and he's like being a little more tough or a little more aggressive, a little funnier, a little dancier. It's, the performance is wild. It's yeah. absolutely like unhinged. Uh, it's magnetic. Like yeah. it's, it's very, this is not, this is an average length movie. It's about an hour and a half, hour 40. Uh, it flies by his everybody in it is phenomenal like i i i really really loved it Again, there's no filler there's no filler whatsoever uh everything works the funny bits land the the scary intense bits land uh and really i think from here it's more so just discussing like why it kind of qualifies yeah and uh as we were watching i started remembering certain bits and there are certain parts that I completely forgot about, but uh, 
one of the bits that I remembered like right before it happened was, oh shit, he kills an old lady by making her have a heart attack. Yeah, let's talk about that. That was, yeah. uh, and that's like the turning point. That's early. Yeah, we yeah. haven't talked about turning points in a while. That's, let's let's get out of the way though that this movie opens with him strangling a woman on a train. It's very much like the house that Jack built. Yes, uh, it, where it's very ooh, matter of fact. That, why we didn't say that once actually? Yeah. This is very reminiscent of a house that of the house that Jack built in regards of, um, you are being conditioned to understand and like the serial killer mm-hmm. he has a personality he's not just this like monster guy yeah uh we also mentioned while we were watching to each other uh behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon uh which is a very fun uh faux documentary that turns into a regular movie at the end yeah. but that movie is very much like 100 percent influenced by man by there's dog. no way in, the filmmakers hadn't seen this but in a more lighthearted, you know more meta more. Type well that way. one is also technically a comedy that one is like a soft r yeah. it's like more of like a regular horror movie rather it's pretty than fun it's fun i own it i i've shown it to people it's a very fun cool meta horror flick for sure this is way more visceral we wouldn't necessarily show this to everybody no, 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 no. This no. isn't a party movie. This is not a party movie. Not even for me in college. This never went on no. for everybody to be watching. Like, an Antichrist never popped on with everybody watching. Like, I know some limits. Thank God. Yeah. I would just put on ones that I knew would grow some people out, but it was pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, the The movie opens with him strangling, so we know, like, oh, shit, we're in, we're in, for, we're in for a treat. And then we end up with... Him doing a spiel, we see him kill some people, and he ends up at this old woman's house, uh, knocks on the door, and he's like, hi, we're with a local TV program, and uh, we are interviewing, uh, what is it, like, elderly loneliness, who <laughs> like, old people who live alone and seeing how fucking lonely they it's are. It's really sad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, so long as it doesn't take very long. You she's, could, just, she's just a nice little lady. You can come in. And then he's like, oh, okay, and then he, like, asks her, like, oh, well, how often do you have people come around? And she's look. She looks out the window and is like explaining. And then he takes out a gun and just screams at her like, uh, uh, "Do you want to die? Or do you want to die, old lady? Yeah. Something like that." And then she starts having a fucking heart attack and like gasping for air. And he just sits and like smiles at the camera, picks up a pill bottle, is like, "I saw this right when we came in, so I knew I could save a bullet." And it's just like, "What the fuck?" And then she just like croaks, like just lays there dying. He's like, "Oh yeah, she's fading fast. It's fucking." He's just so whatever about it he it, he keeps referring to it as work yes like it is genuinely in that's very much like the house of jack built like for him it's his art he likes to practice he likes to try yeah, new things exactly and, experiment and you do see a lot of different kills in this movie like there's a lot of different yeah. kinds of a lot of strangling yeah. a lot of uh gunshots a lot of uh punching kicking uh bashing like he tries he tries everything he wants to Try it, give it all a shot. You it's know? crazy. So that for me, even though it opens so strongly, the just the cruelness and his complete lack of empathy and feeling in that scene and his joy is uh, it's really chilling. It, it and you're right. It is the turning point, especially because he basically uses the crew as an accomplice, as an accomplice yeah. to help him. You know, be like, hey, this is my film crew. I'm here to interview. Exactly. You know, elderly lonely. It's their. It, I think it's. I mean, obviously, they're complicit from the get go because right. they're filming him murder people. But it's the first time that I think, as a viewer, that you're really clued into like, oh, he's using them right now mm-hmm. to gain access at this point. 
Um, and then from then on, like they're helping him move bodies. They're it progresses fast. They and they end up straight up also murdering people because okay. they give him a gun. They give that, he gives them a gun. Let's talk about that scene again because it begins with something very very funny. Oh so yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So we we kind of jump into this chase scene where this felt like this felt like that Leslie Vernon. Movie. This was a pure comedy moment. Yeah, so so funny. Ben is chasing somebody, and of course the crew is following him, and he's like. It's a good chasing. He's running along rooftops. He's running through a factory. He eventually shoots and kills his his target. And he says a name and uh, like a, a nickname or something. Like he's another serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes by the Nightingale. Yeah, the Nightingale he killed. And then all of a sudden, another film crew pops out of the corner. <laughs> like pops out of the darkness. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And I could not stop thinking of Shaun of the Dead. Oh, when yeah. They just run into another crew of the yeah. same people. <laughs> it's just like, oh, hello. Hi. <laughs> and it's so funny. And then as we're laughing, uh, Ben Shoots one of the other crew yeah. and then gives the gun to his own crew and they each kill somebody. And so it's like such a weird juxtaposition of I'm laughing out loud to, oh, shit, they're murdering, they're these, murdering guys. these guys. Yeah. And there's also a running gag that is sad, but it's funny because it's a running gag of their sound man keeps getting shot and dying. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. The, it's very Spinal Tap with the drummer. He, the, yeah, the fucking uh, Remy sits both times. The guy, the, the sound man dies. He's really upset and sad. And it cuts to him like talking to the camera being like, this film's dedicated to you, man. <laughs> he dedicates it's, it to two separate dead good. sound guys. <laughs> it's so good. It's really funny amongst like this really brutal fucking shootout in a warehouse that's like really tense and like cool. They use the zoom on the camera to figure out where the dude is. Like it's really well done and it's also very fucking funny. The, the comedy in this is is there. Like it, it's really laugh out loud funny. And, and what I'm curious about, uh, and I didn't notice, I could, didn't know if you found anything in, the, in your research, but do you know if there was like a full script to this or if it was like I didn't see kind anything. of improvised because you really can't tell. I'm going, my gut says that it's probably a lot improvised just because pro- of the budget. probably an outline. Yeah. Maybe. Because my, you also mentioned that uh, Ben's parents in the movie are played by his, the, parents. his actual parents. Yeah. So it makes sense that, you know. And they had apparently no idea what they were being filmed for. They knew that their son was doing like a project, a fun project, but they didn't know it was for like a very graphic movie where he's playing a serial killer. Yeah, can you imagine showing your parents the finished product after they helped you out it, on yeah. something like that? Absolutely like, what insane. in the world? Um, yeah, so looking into it, the genesis of the idea came from shooting a documentary without any money. They were just like, how could we do this? What would be the most... Uh, likely scenario is what it seems like they're leaning toward with that uh but yeah i can't find anything specifically about how the script was formed it just keeps reiterating this is a shoestring production and i think the reason that we can probably assume that a lot of it is improvised is because all of the stars are credited as writers as well so Mm -hmm. you can just assume that when they're just fucking around on camera you know it's just them improvising, and you can kind of tell that throughout the film. Yeah, because it doesn't feel too structured. No, it doesn't. It's feel very too chaotic. Structured. And yeah, I'm like, like I'm not finding anything in like my how the fucking rewatchables put it, my half-ass internet research. Yeah. But uh, 
uh, it definitely has that feel. So regardless of if it is or is not improvised, it has that very loose, very organic feel. So it's working for it. Which, and honestly, 100% reminds me of Blair Witch Project and that kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of their kind of just hanging out, talking. And of course, in this one, there just happens to be a lot of you know violent murder in between the conversations. Yeah. But the conversations feel kind of genuine. They do, and they're very... Um, we've talked about The Golden Glove on here before. We'll eventually recover it, but it's a really fucking nasty movie. Yeah. Um, but it had vibes like that, of just like that pub scene of just being just so fucked up, not not just mentally, but like inebriated. That happens a lot. He like loudly sings and makes an ass of himself and gets like overtly sexual. And he's super racist. He's super racist, super sexist, super homophobic. Uh, he's an absolute charming piece of shit. Just a like, horrible, horrible guy that you just want to kind of watch talk for a while. Yeah, like I don't want to ever meet the dude, but no. this movie is he's he makes a compelling watch. Something uh, another character, and we keep mentioning other movies and other characters that this kind of reminds us of and I think that's because it has so many parts to it that are interesting yeah and, and it, almost everything that we're bringing up about it had to have it came after this yeah so this movie isn't pulling from those no 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 yeah. it's just really influential yeah. and another one that I couldn't stop thinking of is he has a lot of Patrick Bateman vibes oh yeah just uh, that yeah yeah that crazy narcissistic upbeat, upbeat. Narcissist, yeah, yeah. So th- sociopathic uh, murderer. Getting, yeah, he just keeps getting his way. The scene and no this, consequences. Yeah, yeah. Until the end. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Get, yeah. Uh, there's a scene where he. Um, it was. It wasn't uh, the old woman where he's like, "Oh, that worked up an appetite, and let's go get some muscles." Yes. Yeah. So after they kill Which the old woman, you said you could guzzle down some muscles, like two hundred, I think. Yep. I still stand by that. Yeah, that we'll, I stand by. We'll test it. That'll be on the Patreon. Oh, well, should we do that for the Patreon? Yeah, that would be. We'll throw that on the Patreon. Yeah, fuck. Watch me eat 200 <laughs> muscles. Can I do it? While watching Irreversible again. <laughs> That's not happening. That is absolutely not happening. I'll w- do it while watching Taxidermia. Oh, I would throw up. Good luck. The oh, second that sweat hits his lip, I'm <laughs> you'd be, out. You'd be done for. I'm out. Um, so after they after that old woman dies of the heart attack, he's like jazzed and wants to go have some muscles, a big old bowl of muscles with sauce and fries. Um, and they don't want to. They have other shit to do. And he turns very cold, is very dismissive. He's bummed. He's a little bummed. No, no, it's cool. Like, whatever. I didn't want to hang out anyway. Exactly. No, it's fine. So I'll just he... walk home. No, no, no. It's cool. I'll walk. No, uh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'll walk. And so he does. <laughs> And he pouts, and then it cuts to them all sitting at a table eating mussels. And <laughs> they, they gave in. They gave in, and he's getting drunk. He's very, he's very charismatic, and yep. they're telling they're telling stories. And then it just it again from here it goes to that warehouse scene we mentioned. There's a really crazy shootout. The one of the first sound guy dies. Uh, he eventually. Uh, what what it seems to happen as the movie progresses, not only does the camera crew get more complicit, but he gets more cocky, and therefore. Uh, uh, sloppy. sloppy. Yeah. Uh, not in that he gets caught, but that his... I mean, he ends up getting caught, but his actions lead him to getting hurt. Meaning that when they first met him, he was a boxer. He he obviously has some abusive relationships with the people in his life. Like he's paying for this woman and this child. It's heavily implied he is abusing her in some way. The uh, uh, friends that he keeps in his area aren't very, uh, they seem scared of him. Yeah. Like just straight up. Yeah. 
and they call him sir. They call him he, yeah. At a certain scared point, of him. Yeah, yeah, they're very scared of him. Oh yeah, he gets really cocky, and so he starts doing stuff that he wouldn't normally do, and ends up he was a boxer. What seemed to be very disciplined or a lot more disciplined in like training when they first met him. And then later in the movie, he ends up back in the boxing ring and literally gets his fucking shit rocked he gets with hit. one punch. He gets hit and goes down so hard. Like, oh boy, it's, it's funny. so funny. Yeah, it's very, very funny. But it, like he got his shit rocked, like almost paralyzed. Oh yeah, like... The next cut is him in a hospital with a neck brace on. Oh, my God. And they're dude. like, can you move your legs? Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. So then from there, he... Uh, and uh, that was, like, the first real consequence. So he's having to do, yeah. like, rehab and stuff. He gets out. They they all, like, toast him and whatnot. And there's this one guy, I guess... Is that guy just, like, laughing too much? Is that why he... I guess, yeah. Mad. Something like that. So they give him, uh, on his like release party from the hospital, back, uh, welcome back party, they give him a gun holster, one of those ones uh, that you can like put under your jacket, like under your arm. And he's like, oh, I never thought of this. This is so good. This what a nice so good. gift. What a nice gift. And like w- one of the guys, who was that dude? Just, I think the owner of that apartment. Okay. I think they were just a, a friend of theirs. Yeah, yeah. Because there's the older lady and the younger lady with the flute were there. And then that guy. Yep. And then the film crew. And then that guy just was like laughing because they were all drinking and stuff. And he was just kept laughing kind of steadily the whole scene. It was a little weird. But he just kept going. And then all of a sudden, Ben shoots him right in the fucking head. Blood goes all over the people at the table's face. It's dead silent. Dead silent. He just keeps eating. They give him another gift. It's a weird stuffed seagull. This was like a second turning point almost. It was super uncomfortable because yeah. he you just see like, oh, he's like gone. Like, and you can he, see how scared everybody at the table yeah, is. This is when like the older woman like really starts calling him sir. Yeah. It's it's unsettling. And then from here they just go out and he's like, All right, gotta start my routine again. So he starts to, he tries to grab a mailman because that's part of his routine is he'll kidnap, uh, he'll start the month, kick the month off by uh, kicking the shit and killing a mailman. And yeah, what does he have against mailmen? He wants the uniform. It's easier access yeah. to get into places. People do trust mailmen. Yep. And uh, this one doesn't go well because he is in a neck brace. He's injured <laughs> from yeah. getting his shit rocked. And he blames the fucking, he blames the camera crew for it being like, <laughs> you didn't help. <laughs> It didn't help me. I, I do want to talk about this scene, though, because it is really interesting because it, what we see is initially him grab this mailman and then the mailman escapes and mm. runs away and then it, it rewinds. rewinds. Yeah, like funny games. Like funny games. And then it rewinds back and forth a couple times. We see it maybe two or three times and then it cuts to him at the editing table Looking at the film, looking at the himself, footage, yeah. just a, it's a really interesting choice of cinematography. It's very cool. Uh, it looks very cool. It yeah, and and there's bits like that all throughout this movie of just like really cool choices that you don't really see in other movies. Yeah, and we you mentioned that like why don't they make movies like this anymore? <laughs> Seriously, like there's so much. God, like this movie just felt like alive and moving, and yeah, it's really fucked up, but like it it. It's exhilarating to watch. Like it just flo- it moves, man. And and so back to and this has a child murder in it. He suffocates a child after chasing him in the woods. And puts a pillow over this kid's face, makes Remy hold his arms and legs down, and like Remy's like interviewing him while it's happening. Yeah, it's, it's that's crazy. Tough. That's a tough scene. Crazy. He's like, oh yeah, because he makes Remy hold the kid down while he's suffocating yeah. him with a pillow, and Remy's and like, do you do many children? Yeah. So <laughs> how many how many kids have you killed? 
He's like, oh, not many. Like, this is, you know, Conan or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, something ridiculous, like a late night show. And he's like, this is maybe my fourth in, like, five years. He said he doesn't like kids. He doesn't like killing kids. There's no money in it. And he, he loves robbing people after yeah. he kills them. He's, he he's, likes he, it a little bit of everything. To him, it's work. Yeah. It's about getting the money. It's his job. That's why he likes the old people. That lady that he made had a heart attack had a fuck ton of money under a tablecloth and under her mattress. He knows his targets. And then he starts funding the film with a lot of this. Because so they need money for they, film. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. they're using a film camera. Yep. The the crew that they killed were using a VHS. And what what's crazy is that he even goes to jail for a second. <laughs> yeah. He uh, goes to jail and escapes within the span of like five minutes. After he tries to get that mailman, he goes to jail. He gets caught because of that. Nothing. A lot of the movie is not explicitly said. It's, yeah. There's a lot of jump cuts. And, and that's, I think the transitions between scenes are both really drastic sometimes and quick yeah but, but they make sense they work yeah. like it's a it's a cool way to it's not hard to follow yeah yeah at all from there he escapes prison and it doesn't say how he just says say hey i escaped prison remy come pick me up come pick me up and then he does and then he finds that his people are being killed uh the lady that he played he's a musician as well he's many things by the way ben is a musician he's a kind of like boxer in the house that jack built there's a lot of parallels there are actually between them as characters it's very interesting i would be i would be curious if von trier would admit this being an influence he would admit it but it is yeah 100 percent. yeah uh he finds the woman that he played music with uh, sodomized to death with the flute. That's what it looks like. It's not graphic, but the flute looks like it's sticking out of her butt. Yeah. Yeah, and she's dead. She's dead. And but then, we, do we ever find out who? No. Uh, the, and the film ends very abruptly because after that, he goes to his mother's place and he just goes in and comes out with a broomstick and goes, well, she wasn't a musician. Like, <laughs> implying that the broom was in her. Right, right. right. Which is, like, just, she wasn't a musician. Like, oh my God. Like That's that's so morbidly funny. That's so gross. It's Yeah, the darkest of comedies. so dark. Uh, And then from there, he, like, wants to go back to his hideout or whatever. There's, like, bodies in the hallway at this point. Like, it it just, like, things are collapsing. Like, their whole little scheme and world is collapsing. It's all coming down. He's pontificating like he does, and then all of a sudden, one by one, they just get shot by someone off screen. Yeah. Someone, there's like a small smoke bomb that gets thrown to very uh, near the end, and then uh, camera falls down. You see uh, the sound guy run into frame and get shot, and then it, <laughs> that's, and then it goes to credits. It's like a mix of the ending of Blair Witch <clears throat> and Quarantine. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Or just ends with the camera falling on the ground, and then we see just like the last bits of that film reel until it stops. Yep, and then it's got very classic-looking uh, French font, and uh, credits roll. And that's it. Honestly, there couldn't have been a better ending. I think for no. a movie like this, like this is such a smart, quick idea, and it just makes you think. It's about in and it. out. Yeah, it's completely in and out. Uh, like we said, though, it's heavy. Yes. Like uh, it's a comedy. There are things that will make you laugh, but there are things that will make you absolutely cringe as if, well. If you aren't used to the extremity of this movie, you may not find a single piece of this funny. That's true. Uh, there, because I, for sure, if I showed my mother happiness, she would not laugh. If I showed my mother this movie, I don't think she would find it funny. I mean, you should try. Not happiness. <laughs> Actually, I don't. What What would I prefer to sit through with my mother? This or happiness? Oh God! Oh no! Honestly, I think this. 
Yeah. I would pick this over happiness. I, I would pick this over happiness. happiness well. Happiness gets way in the weeds with stuff that I don't want to have to even attempt to explain to her. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, this is at least very, you know what you're getting. It's fucked up, but you know what you're getting. Uh, no mom being like, what does that mean? Do I need to Google that? Yeah, no explanations needed, thankfully. No, very clear, very clear. Uh, so, yeah, I looked, actually, I had previously rated this on what uh, Letterbox. Oh, nice. We're going to set up a Cellar Dwellers Letterbox. So you, uh, we're going to rate all of the movies that we've done, and we'll start rating them moving forward so you all can follow along. Once we have a handle on there, we'll uh, let you all know. Yeah. But, come, uh, come follow us. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. try to be more active. Colby's gonna get his own on yep. there. Uh, I've been pretty active. I'm not doing reviews or anything, but I am continuously adding the stuff that I've been watching lately. Um, all just adding star ratings. But looking at this, I was going to re-rate to it because uh, I didn't know if I had rated it or not. What, yeah, what did you have it at first? Well, what I was going to give it. I'm curious what you were going to give it. I, I mean, five. it's an easy four for me. Cool. Like I was going to give it a four and a half. Ooh. Uh, and that is what I already had it at. Interesting. Yeah. Because Interesting. I just, yeah. it's one of those that I'm like, damn, this isn't going to be like, there's just not another one like it. No. And, and as we said, there's like a hundred like it, but because like, this is the first, like yeah. there's none. This is like the run Lola run version of fucking house that Jack built. Like this is like the very like, Oh, let's move. Let's do it. Let's, there's Let's, a lot of Tarantino in this. There, oh, it's just, and this is before Pulp Fiction. Yep. Like this, it, it, there's so much in this. It, it just, it moves. It's mean. It's funny. It's, it's a first film in every way. It's, it's daring in ways that a more uh, established filmmaker would not be. It is uh, uh, free to be funny. It's free to be horrifying. It's free to. Uh, leave things out that most other people would try to explain. Yeah. It, it dares the audience to think and, and Truly. just react to what you're seeing. And that's all part of the theme of this movie is, you know, voyeurism yep. and participating in what you're seeing by watching. And all of it works as well as the plot is interesting. The characters are interesting. It, it The whole package is just really well done. Yeah. And it, it, it whenever we watch something along these lines that begs the question, it goes back to uh, ourselves. Like, why do we watch this stuff? And for me... Because I love French movies. <laughs> that's Colby's answer for this one. Uh, for me, it's... Uh, I mean, it's similarly as simple. Uh, it's because I derive as as sick as you may believe it be... Uh, I derive pleasure from this shit. I find this stuff fascinating and safe. As the conversation we had with Ian, uh, this is a very healthy way to work out. Uh, not that I have thoughts of any of this shit, but it's a it's a healthy way to experience and feel different emotions that uh, you you can't healthily exercise in in real life. And this movie is absolutely a fucking trip. If you think you can stomach some pretty brutal stuff. Uh, highly recommended it's streaming on the yeah. criterion tra uh, channel right now mm -hmm. um that should say everything that like a lot of other people like this movie this as is well. considered pretty distinguished yeah. it showed at a bunch of film festivals that doesn't mean like i want to also not for everybody yeah 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 i want to make a distinction like just because something is critically acclaimed doesn't necessarily mean it deserves merit no uh but i think this one does i think this one is very interesting and i uh it definitely deserves to be on the Criterion Collection uh, and is 
is a is a hidden gem. I don't know a lot of people that have seen this one. No. Uh, it is what is the what is the original French title? This is called Man Bites Dog in America. But... Yeah, we'll get into why I don't understand why that yeah, yeah. name is. But the the French title is C'est arrivé près de chez vous, which is it happens near your house or something, something like along that. those lines. Yeah. Um, which I feel like makes more sense than Man Bites Dog. French titles are so much better than the the American ones because like, they're allowed to be like statements. Yeah. <laughs> and then like that sounds cooler. Like it's, Last House on the Left is a good title. Yes. So my question is, That's why do you think it's called Man Bites Dog? It took place close to your home is that, the yes. exact translation. Why do I think it's called Man Bites Dog? Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's a kind of apt title in a way if you just break it down to it's the... the He's the serial killer. He's the alpha in the situation. It's usually dog eat dog or mm. uh, uh, the dog doing the biting. But in this situation, he's got the power. He's the he's the alpha. Is literally as simplistic as yeah. I believe it. Is I mean, I think it's it meant to be simplistic yeah. in its title. I mean, those just three straight words. <laughs> yeah, man bites dog. Uh, the original poster, and I remember it. Uh, get it because on the DVD of the Criterion, uh, it has him pointing a gun shooting and you see a pacifier oh like flying in the air meaning that he's like shooting a fucking baby yeah apparently that got a lot one he doesn't do that in the movie and two um got crazy yeah that's there's no way that's gonna fly in Uh, in the early 90s they were allowed to keep it by only changing the pacifier to a pair of dentures which he does strangle someone until their dentures pop out in this. That yeah, that's, does happen. That's like a two-second clip. <laughs> that does happen. Wow, this movie's wild, Speaking man. of another really quick clip, uh, there is a, a scene that leads directly into the movie that we are watching next. Yeah. So there's a scene in this film where he is drunk again. There's plenty of scenes in this film when he's drunk. <laughs> he falls a lot, too. There, there. He's, he's, okay, he's there, a very physical actor yeah. in this movie and it's another there's some, layer there's borderline to it. slapstick moment for sure yeah absolutely and there's a scene where he's chasing somebody and he like slips on a newspaper or something and he like beefs it and it's funny yes uh and then there's another scene where he beefs it after being drunk on this like mountain of trash uh but then he starts humping it and if you've caught us talking at any point or if you've listened to any of our old episodes you may have already uh, harmony kareen baby he's back our infant terrible is back he, uh, Colby couldn't couldn't stay away. He just from couldn't him. stay away. He we was watched, yearning. We watched Gummo pretty early on in, in the podcast, and we we thought it was it was right to to revisit someone from our earlier days, and we wanted Von Trier, but we got something in the works for that. We think so. Mm-hmm. We're jumping into Gummo when Colby put it up to Not me. Gummo. No, we yeah we brought it to Trash Humpers, and Colby put it up to me saying, "Hey man, you're the one that's seen Harmony's films. Which ones?" I asked which ones do you like, and you said I don't like them. <laughs> uh, well, you <laughs> you said are those the ones that you like the most, or something like that, and I was like, well, likes a strong word. Uh, these I do genuinely like these. Um, I saw Trash Humpers in theaters with my sister and her then boyfriend, now husband, father of my two nephews. You saw it at the Plaza, right? I saw it at the Plaza with my best friend Nick. Plaza Theater, go check out Plaza. Yeah, uh, years ago when it came out. That, so 2009 is when this came out. And I'm very excited to rewatch it. It's an hour and 18 minutes of pure bullshit. And I'm so excited that it's short. And it's shot fully, totally on VHS. Great. Tapes and edited <laughs> like in camera on VHS, I believe. 
Like it's a mess and it's fucking wild. And I, I'm going to try to find, I have a gem that came cause I own it. Of course. Of course he does. Uh, I have a gem that came with it. If I can find it, I'm going to post a picture, but I'm not going to mention it right yet because no, we'll save it. We'll save it for the episode. It. We'll save it for the episode. If I can find it, if I can't find it, I'll describe it on the episode. Yeah. If I can find it, you'll see a picture of it. On the internet, speaking of which, we... We have an announcement. We have a freaking, very cool announcement. We have a freaking announcement. Yeah, we do. We have recently uh, joined a podcast network. Whoa. Whoa. Big news, everybody. We are now part of the Indiesaurus Network. Indiesaurus is uh, fucking awesome. They were very kind to uh, uh, bring us in. And they've got awesome shows like... Uh, one where they're doing deep dives into uh, the Left Behind series called "I Saw or I Survived the Rapture." Uh, that got, one is just like just for us. That's like just <laughs> for us. We've already got like great crossover idea episode for that. Uh, they've got one called "I Think You'd Be Into It," where they just interview somebody about what they're into. Like how cool is genius? That? It's genius. Who doesn't? What who a great idea! Who wouldn't enjoy that? Who doesn't want to talk about what they're into? And then who doesn't want to hear about someone passionately talk about something that they're into? Isn't that why we listen to this shit anyway? Best for both worlds. It's beautiful. They got another one called Ham Radio, which is Ham Taro. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a full Ham Taro podcast. Where else are you going to find that? And I have not checked that one out yet, but I cannot wait because I definitely watched Tim Taro on Toonami growing up as a kid. A bud of mine who's a part of this network, his name is Evan. Went, uh, I went to high school with him. We've known each other for years. Uh, looking forward to getting to know him even better. Uh, he's got a show called Radish. Uh, there's just so many. They've got, I think we're like the 10th show on this network. Uh, you can find them on uh, Twitter at IndieSaurusNet and you can... Um, uh, find them at indiesaurus.com mm-hmm. as well. Find all of this stuff. We are now a part of that family, and we are very excited. Be looking out for them uh, guesting on our shows, us maybe guesting on theirs. Uh, We're going to be one big happy family. We're going to be one big happy family, and you may be hearing um, us talk about their shows a little bit more throughout the episodes moving forward. They also have a Discord uh, that we yep. are excited to, to kind of be a part of and, and get to know people through that. So yep. definitely we, check that out. If you can find uh, the Discord. Uh, yeah, speaking of the socials, uh, just want to actually like really throw it out there. Uh, we're on Instagram at uh, Cellar Dwellers Podcast. We are on Twitter at uh, Dwellers Podcast. And you can reach us by email as well at CellarDwellersPod at gmail. As always, just reach out and yep. tell us the movies that gross you out. Yeah, we've already gotten um, a couple ideas uh, from our new uh, podcast network folks. Uh, thankfully, they're they're genuinely excited about what we're doing and uh, have some ideas about what they want to talk about. They want to guess. So we'll be diving into that, which will be very fun. And we'd love to hear from you. Because if you guys have anything that we haven't mentioned... We've mentioned a lot of things, but we haven't covered a lot of stuff. So if we've mentioned anything or uh, you haven't... I would beg to disagree. We've covered quite a bit, this, actually. Our censor episode, our last week's episode, maybe two weeks ago, depending on when this one comes out, uh, was our 40th episode. 40, Of wow. main episodes, not counting the little scaries. So, so we have... How many counting the little scaries? It's a lot. 46, 47? Shit. Yeah. Okay, we actually have quite a bit of content. We've, we've been doing this for a year now. It's been a year? I mean, just about. Holy hell. Someone congratulate us. We're doing great. Somebody congratulate us. <laughs> Why are you not congratulating us right now? Send us a message. Genuine, email us. Genuinely, y'all, we are we are uh, going to be setting up some stuff. We've got some ideas moving forward that we're looking forward to hopefully uh, launching, uh, not only through Indiesaurus, but uh, just like on our own. 
uh, be looking out for some potential Patreon stuff. I know we always joke. We about do always it. joke about that, but we are maybe get a, get serious I about think, it. I think we might get a little serious about it. You may be seeing some new stuff from us. We got a lot of cool ideas. And if uh, you if you think of anything that you would want from us that in some form of a Patreon, let us know because that's why we would do it. We would want to give you things exactly. that you would be interested in. So let us know if you have any ideas. Exactly. Uh, so with that, uh, next time, fucking Trash Humpers, Harmony Korean's triumphant return. Uh, I already am going to regret this. That's my favorite Trash one. Trash Humpers. Think.